and welcome to Rogue Pixels, the podcast that shares your love of the biggest and best animations online. Each week, I, Colm O'Hearn, chat with the creators of the most successful tunes on the internet to learn all about how those cartoons came into existence. And this week we are talking about No Mercy, the collaboration between the band The Living Tombstone and YouTube creator Mashed. The animated music video for No Mercy originally released on the 12th of January 2017. And in the six years that have followed, at time of recording, it's gotten almost 95 million views. And I've no doubt a decent chunk of those views came from TikTok, as No Mercy blew up on there in the early years of that app. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Look, why don't you ever listen to a short clip of the song and then I'll be right back with Tom and Liam of Mashed to chat all about the cartoon. Joining me today to talk about maybe the most famous mashed cartoon is firstly returning and now two-time Rogue Pixels guest, Director of Comedy and Animation at Mashed, Tom Jenkins. Hello, Tom. So, hello. And alongside him is a first-time Rogue Pixels guest and the all-important animator at Mashed, it's Liam McKeown. Hello, Liam. Diadetsha. Gotta make an entrance, gotta make an entrance. <laughs> no way. We'll do the rest of the podcast in English. But firstly, you are the final member of the MASH team that I've had on this podcast, Liam. So can you tell the people at home what it is you do at MASH? So basically I'm the uh, kind of like in-house animator of the team for MASH to where we generally hire out uh, freelancers pretty much spread around the world to help create up our many projects. For me as the in-house animator, I'm pretty much their like go-to on-hand animator for the storyboards and concepts. And I create uh, major projects. I can even work on a solo animation if need be, or be jumping into multiple projects and not just the one that we usually hire animators out uh, normally to do yeah liam floats across a lot of different stuff but yeah he's an animator he's a character designer he's a storyboard artist and normally is kind of used in the key elements of pre-production you know just to kind of help kind of ensure consistency and to kind of like bring the vision to life but also to come in provide feedback he's kind of like a, a secret agent we drop him in when we need him, you know, to kind of finish the job. The closer, Liam McEwen, they call him. Or to maybe turn a, t- a turd sandwich into a, a hog roast. <laughs> <laughs> now, there will be some people, perhaps, who need a bit of, of a refresher as to what happens in the cartoon we're talking about today, No Mercy. So, Tom, can you sum up the story of No Mercy in 60 seconds or less, please. Your time starts now. So this is based on, obviously, OG Overwatch, you know, so we're talking about when the game just kind of first came out. I mean, ultimately, it's that when the game first started, nobody wanted to play support, right? But support is like a key role within the game. And without a good support kind of character, you just don't have a chance. But nobody likes playing support because you rarely get any glory or kind of like props from your team 
uh, and you're more likely to get abused, I would say, uh, than any sort of kind of like laurels placed on your head. So yeah, so the song basically talks about that dynamic and yeah, everybody's, um, everybody not wanting to play support. Yeah. And, and how that kind of plays out, I guess, amongst the team in a specific game. I know if you look at the Mashed Archive, you're going to see a ton of animated music videos, but this is the first one we've discussed on Rogue Pixels. And I should say as well, No Mercy wasn't the very first animated music video on Mashed. That honor goes to Battlefield One Anthem, which was in August 2016. Maybe a story for another time. Yeah. But Tom, can you tell people, one, what generally goes into setting up these collaborations with musicians and artists? And two, how Mashed started working with the Living Tombstone on No Mercy? More often than not, we will go to like a composer or a group, you know, with like some sort of brief, you know, which is kind of really, we want to make uh, a piece of music around this game. Sometimes we'll have an idea or kind of like a specific direction. Other times we'll ask the composer if they have an idea themselves. One thing that we've always done at Mashed is that we like to handle a lot of creative internally, but we're also aware that we don't, have all of the great ideas you know so like we always like people to have an opportunity to pitch especially if it's something they're passionate about because ultimately when you have a passionate group of people making something you know you're, you're really increasing its chances of like success you know when people are kind of fully in and in terms of how we reached out to, or how I reached out to Living Tombstone I'd been a fan of his for ages like I really loved their music I'd been kind of following them on YouTube for like a while I reached out to Yoav I'd been kind of terrorizing him for months and yeah we kind of just started talking and overwatch at the time was obviously you know blowing up it felt like the the right idea at the right time was that the very first thought there was nothing else like oh how about this game or that game it was always overwatch i think when we were doing a little bit of back and forth we talked about a couple of other games but by the time that we finally settled yeah it was overwatch and we were just kind of all in i remember him sending me like a midi file and a very basic arrangement of the melody just on keyboard and even then you kind of realized that it was there was something about it it was memorable you know and like I'm, I'm sure I've got the file somewhere but yeah it's like somebody playing on like my first Casio keyboard you know it's the kind of like the melody yeah and it built from there I've probably got it uh somewhere in the, the the darkest depths like I tried finding some of my early communication with them but it was via Skype you know and so it may as well have been on MSN messenger yeah. like i went in i tried to dig in and find the messages but like it's just a void <laughs> there's nothing there <laughs> in my skype so i don't know what happened to it but yeah it's it's kind of been deleted but yeah i've got some other bits and bobs um from them so yeah as soon as we started knocking that together the creative took shape like really early so even after we got that first midi and the melody they had an idea of how they wanted that idea to play out in terms of like the lyrics. And we just went from there. Another thing worth pointing out is that the entirety of No Mercy was animated by you, Liam. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. It was the one of the earliest things about MASH uh, years, years ago. It was pretty much just near like an animator per project. So when a project was completed, you can at least as the animator take that project and say like, look at this thing I've done. It's... I've done everything in this here project, except for nowadays when you do showcase an animation, you're like, yeah, look at this here animation. It's amazingly well done, but I only did these wee bits. Well, bit. you can importantly take credit for this. And you were freelance at the time. You weren't Mashed's in-house animator. So how did you get involved? 
with Mashed and doing uh, animating No Mercy? So it was back in 2016, whenever I graduated from university, we were having our degree show to showcase what our final major project was, but as well as that trying to help sell us off with the various different companies and studios or industries coming into a few new talent and such. And uh, during that time, that's when me and Tom got to meet in person. He came and saw my uh, degree show and uh, see my display, and he was interested with a lot of the content that I did. One of the main takeaways was uh, not just the animation, but some of the illustrations I did where I was like combining Gravity Falls characters, like dressing them up as Dota 2 uh, characters. He was really impressed with that work, and we just had a great opportunity and conversation to chat in person and But No Mercy wasn't actually the first project that we worked on. He actually assigned me to a very small project for the Beano Tunes. But as well as that uh, 2D animation, I had some experience, but I never really got a proper teaching in it. I had to like, uh, for a third year final major project to just go all in on 2D animation. And eventually when I got the opportunity to work on No Mercy, Tom contacted me saying like, uh, oh, hey, Liam, uh, we got this here project that we're going to work with the Living Tombstone. And I was familiar with his work and I was like blown away, like, oh my goodness, I'm actually going to do a project for this guy. But um, everything was pretty much like on the fly, learning Adobe Animate while trying to complete this here project. And unfortunately, it did take me longer than I would have wanted to, but it was pretty much like pre-production at the very beginning and then animation, cleaning up the animation backgrounds and getting it all rendered and comped together. I still remember going to that degree show, and it was just like immediately obvious that he had a ton of talent and that he was like stylistically flexible. Even then, I was kind of very aware. And I think that that's like a quality that a lot of animators, I would say, and artists, I would say, kind of struggle, you know, to kind of replicate, which is to kind of almost look at a style and then be able to create your own take or create like new characters using that style and for it to effortlessly fit in to the existing kind of content for my final major project my aim was that i was wanting to make a kind of like dragon slayer where you have an interactive animation where you press a button to try and avoid a game over animated sequence so i was trying to replicate uh, a project like that it was really entertaining stuff and i had a lot of opportunity to really flex my animation style but obviously overly ambitious and that's probably one of the tough things as a young animator is that you're obviously overly ambitious with projects and it did translate a lot into no mercy and as well as that all the overwatch projects following during my freelance career with uh, mashed it's interesting you say that no mercy was overly ambitious so what do you mean when when you say that i was probably tasked to try and get this your job done within a month but uh, unfortunately my ambitious mind to really add more to it i mean as usual he's doing himself he's doing himself a huge disservice if you look at no mercy like regardless of how liam's kind of animation approach and stuff has improved over time if you watch that back it is a dense music video you know visually there is so much going on in pretty much every single frame you know and he kind of directed you know a lot of that liam you said yeah you had a a month to do no mercy like how do you how I mean, how do you do that? How do you go from looking at a blank screen to that in a month? Lack of sleep, uh, probably. That's a start. So I'm pretty sure Tom could uh, attest to that with the emails he receives. I'm looking at them right now. I'm looking at our various email chains, like from when we were talking about it. We first started talking 
about this project. And I've literally got the kickoff email. About November? Yes, that was the 2nd of November, 2016, um, is when we first started talking about it. And yeah, I sent over, like, I think, like, a, yeah, the final mix uh, a couple of days later. And then me and Liam were just, like, looking around, like, ideas. He had kind of questions. Then I remember us spending quite a lot of time getting the character designs right, because we had maybe three or four slightly different approaches to the line weight and the look of stuff, didn't we? Yeah. And I'm just having a look now, kind of going through. So we were still talking about test renders towards the end of that month, slight changes to the character designs. I've got, I mean, if we can ever provide files, man, I've got like a little gold mine here of like kind of early work. I've made sure to keep hold of uh, all the work in progress and you can see how rough uh, those early designs were like, oh, this is going to be what it's like uh, cleaned up a sketch, like ugly ass shading, ugly ass uh, (laughs) line width, uh, it was just a mess. I've looked at it and it was, we kicked things off 2nd of November and final delivery came on the 6th of January. Wow. Just over two months, basically. So it was pretty much all on me to try and complete it as fast as I can. But like I said, I'm overly ambitious. And one of the things I think for most young animators who are getting new to the business is to make sure you have good line of communication with your employer and keep them updated on a regular basis so that they are aware that you are working hard, you're trying your best, uh, but uh, you want to provide with them uh, a bit of confidence and like, where's the project at? How's it looking? And what's the achievable goal for this year thing? So don't feel bad if it's going to feel like a bit of harassing or anything, just you're trying to keep them in the loop that you're working as hard as you can. Even if that their work takes you all the way up through to Christmas and forcing you to miss out traveling back home uh, to see your family. So many knives coming into my back right now, isn't there? Ah, you know, like, don't, don't, don't worry. Was, uh... <laughs> I was going to say, Liam, Damn. I don't have the full story, but I remember you saying to me before something about an airport. I had the job finished. I sent it off and all that. And although I did miss out going back home to my family for the Christmas holiday, I did still actually have my uncle and aunt-in-law and her family uh, to where I'm currently residing to spend the Christmas with, but I still wanted to go out and see the family. So got myself a trip uh, organized to go out. And when I got to the airport, I get this email and I believe it was from Laura. Oh, we, we have a bit of an issue. You need to apply this here to your render. Can you render us here out and send it to me uh, as soon as you can? And I think it was on the day it was being released at the same time. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm in an airport where the internet is going to be crap. So thankfully I was in the lounge section and I had my laptop on me in my backpacks. So thankfully it didn't go into the uh, luggage uh, storage. So whipped it out, uh, made the adjustments and rendered it as fast as I can and try to send it off before uh, it got too late where I had to like rush to get to my plane. And it was a bit of a exhilarating little experience, but not something you want to do every day. No, I'm looking at the email right now on the notes. I mean, do you know what? This is actually news to me that I didn't even know that you didn't go home because I feel like quite bad. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, um, so yeah, sorry about that. My mom understood <laughs> it was because like I had a big job going on. I really, I didn't want to really chance it with the internet situation that's back with my family's place at the time. So I was trying to make sure I try to push as hard as I can to complete this year job. But eventually when I did get back and it was releasing and it was just blowing up, I was just, I was accelerated by just how well it was doing. It was just like, this was like a major pinnacle project that has really just accelerated just how how proud I am for my skills. If you're going to give up anything for Christmas, then it being the biggest clip that we've ever published, 
It was like, not a bad, not a bad present. Maybe that's what I gave you, you know? So kind of, you didn't see your family, <laughs> eh? You did work on a really successful project, you know? Like, who's the real winner that Christmas? I think it's you. It did so well <laughs> that uh, uh, I still got hired on for a number more uh, freelance gigs with, uh, with Mashed afterwards. If there's one thing I really did enjoy, my time as a freelancer for many of these year projects, was the fact of my level detail because there are a ton of these little Easter eggs or little visual gags I would put into my shorts uh, that was just so much fun. Like there's pictures of uh, family pets in there, a picture of my cat Jiggy in the wee character select uh, wheel, having all the various names of people or uh, joke names in there. Like I have Tom uh, reference in there. I've got my mum blowing Genji's brains out. So <laughs> if there's one thing I always enjoyed is just that level extra detail and just making those wee Easter eggs for referential fun, but just to showcase my enthusiasm of different things I liked uh, as well. And how much freedom did you have with that, Liam? Tom, did you just say, fill your boots, Liam? No, is the answer. I, 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 did, I, did, I mean, he just did them, basically. You know, we talked about some of them and I clocked some of them and there were a few, th- actually, because I was having a look at the notes, there were a few things that we had to take out sometimes for legal reasons, sometimes because we were like, well, we probably can't make jokes about porn if we want to send this to Blizzard. Probably not a great idea. You know, so there were a few little, there were a few little changes and we worked some stuff in. But I mean, for the most part, you know, he, he would send them over and you would kind of clock them. And sometimes I didn't. Sometimes there are some videos that I still rewatch and I'm like, oh, wow, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I would watch it through and like for the most part, yeah, it was just like fill your boots. And he did. He filled his boots and his gloves, maybe, you know, like this, yeah. yeah. Now, we, we keep calling the cartoon No Mercy. However, there will be some who know it as I'm Already Tracer from when the song became a meme on TikTok. I'll be Tracer. I'm Already Tracer. What about Widowmaker? I'm Already Widowmaker. I'll be Bastion. Nerf Bastion. You're right to Winston. I want to be Winston. I guess I'll be Genji. I'm Already Genji. Then I'll be McCree. I already chose McCree. I have an idea. What's your idea? You should be. I'm Rather than have me go through how the song blew up on what was at the time a fledgling social network, can you break it down as someone who lived through it, Tom? All leading up to an interview with The Verge, no less. I'm not going to lie, it's it's hazy. It was like six years ago. But yes, I mean, ultimately what happened was that that call and response, you know, maybe I'll be Tracer, I'm already Tracer, that kind of little section of the video was picked up when lip syncing, I think, first become really popular on TikTok. Mm -hmm. What initially happened is you had a bunch of people doing lip syncs and it was initially incredibly popular. But like all things nearly that become popular, there becomes a vocal element of people who hate on it because it is popular. We had it first start off and it was just lots of people who were into the game kind of singing along. But then people started doing responses that were kind of slating those people so yeah it kind of turned a bit nasty at kind of points so i kind of watched that play out it seemed to be tiktok versus youtube and misogynistic because you had a lot of young girls who were doing these lip sync videos and then there were youtube channels putting up these tiktok cringe compilation videos of these young girls who were lip syncing to the track and even in that verge article from 28 november 2018 where you spoke to the verge tom yeah like you even in that spoke about how at mashed you've never wanted to produce content that was about people hating stuff and just about hate and the i'm already tracer had become 
a bit of a, I think you actually said, a, a lightning rod for rage. Yeah, I mean, I guess like, of course it was disappointing because I just think it was the nature of the beast that those TikToks got really popular and then there are people, and there then and there are still people now who make a lot of money and get a lot of views off contrarian kind of views and being angry about it. So the more popular it got, the more people wanted to hate on it, knowing that they could benefit from the views that that anger would bring, you know? And I th- of course it was disappointing because it was something that was kind of really cool for us. And it was like, you know, at the time, our biggest clip by a long way. So for it to become celebrated and then hated on and people were getting kind of quite a lot of hassle for it. Yeah, it sucked. And there wasn't really much that we could kind of do about it, you know? But saying that, there is kind of like a nice end to the story, which is that it slowly died down. And then it was like reclaimed by the community. We had kind of Overwatch esports teams tweeting about it, playing along to the music. I think some teams even had it as intro music when they came and sat down before they were playing in Overwatch League. That was really cool, you know, that we made something that was great and everybody loved. And then it kind of became a bit nasty. And then the community were like, no, <laughs> you know, we're, it, we're, we're reclaiming this, you know, and it became like celebrated again. So, yeah, I think ultimately it kind of ended well. But, yeah, uh, there were definitely some days where I was just like, wow, <laughs> like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it did help influence me when after two years of No Mercy was released, I was uh, doing a wee little side project called uh, Bungo Cat uh, uh, Sings No Mercy, which is just me taken the entire song of No Mercy and I just did, uh, when the bongo cat meme was so popular, I just did Drew wee bongo cat, smacking his wee hands around, trying to keep in time with the beat. But during that process, during the MRA Tracer, I actually split the screen up as it was like a, a, a homage to the MRA Tracer uh, TikToks that were going on. Now, obviously, an important part of videos on the internet is the comment section. So, I poured over all 135,000 comments <laughs> on the No Mercy cartoon, every single one of them. Yeah, and man. I've picked out a couple. First one here is from James Mason. And this is three months ago, right? James said, amazing song, first time listening. And this will 100% be my training music. And that just shows you just three months ago. Somebody coming across this yeah. song that you may have thought was everywhere and had penetrated every part of the internet. But this guy hadn't come across it. And he's like, oh, this is brilliant. I'm going to stick this on my... And that must be great, Tom. Like, like people still discovering it. Yeah, I mean, so it's still getting like 70,000 views a week. I mean, obviously, I, I would say the vast majority of projects we make, we make with like a lot of love. And we all work really hard. And we've, you know, and I, and, and especially in the days of No Mercy, when it was like the Wild West for MASH, you know, like we were all pulling mad hours. I remember walking into the office and having emails from Liam at 3am, you know, with a new export. I remember setting an alarm and waking myself up at 2am so I could do a voice recording session with some talent that were in West Coast kind of US, you know. And I think that, yeah, when we make stuff like this and you put everything into it and you see the impact that it has on the people who viewed it, yeah, of course. It's like a massive part of like the satisfaction of the job, you know, to know that you kind of, you made something that made a difference to somebody, whether that was like a brief respite, you know, and kind of cheered them up or whether that, for I think some of our audience now, maybe the, the first mashed video they ever watched, you know, or kind of like a bit of nostalgia that they can kind of go to when they're feeling a bit down or maybe when they've got their kind of mates over. And I think kind of, we, we often 
don't see that, you know, and I think that, you know, like the impact that it has on our audience, because we're kind of like a, a pretty big YouTube channel who, well, until this podcast and stuff, nobody's ever really met any of us, you know, and I think, so there's a, there's a degree of distance that is frustrating for us sometimes. So yeah, like when you see comments like that and you see the impact it's made on somebody, it feels really good. And we always look at the comments on every video. So we don't always reply, but yeah, when people leave stuff, we read the good and the bad, and it's great to read the good, and the bad ones only occasionally get under our skin. Mm. And sometimes we read comments that break down the video in a way that is actually, it's far kinder and more sophisticated than our intentions ever were. And other times they come up with ideas and I'm like, damn, that was actually a really good idea. Maybe we should have done that instead. But you know, <laughs> that's kind of the way it goes. Yeah. Another one here from Bryce King. Bryce said, came here to give my regards to this song after seeing an article titled Overwatch 2's lack of support players is racking up wait times. Man, still relevant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still. Yeah. I know you said it was based on OG Overwatch, but it still makes sense for Overwatch 2 players. And one final comment here from Kill Me Second, who said, this is me and my duo arguing who should be support. Uh, me and my brother at the time, he yeah, actually got me uh, Overwatch when it first came out. We were playing it together and we would have cycles of uh, switching between he be support and I be support. And we actually did a great session where he was Soldier 76 and I was his mer- pocket mercy and we were just uh, kicking ass. It's just fun. Well, I used to play Zenyatta quite a bit. Who was support? I like the kind of robo yoga zen vibe. Do you know what? Overwatch is a really weird game for me because I play quite a lot of competitive online games and like Overwatch is the only game where even though it's super competitive, I never felt like the sweat, you know? Like it wasn't a game that made me kind of angry or frustrated in a way that a lot of other... And I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if it was the art style or just the kind of the, the shortness of a lot of the games, but yeah, I always kind of just... it was I kind of zoned out almost while I was playing it. And I think that's probably what made me quite good at it because I think that if you can uh, c- remove the emotional aspects of, of kind of games uh, in competitive, yeah, you can kind of just like lock in. But yeah, I used to play... Zenyatta, I used to play as Reaper because I'm an edgelord. I just like the shotgun. <laughs> I'm very sorry. You know? Yeah, uh, uh, don't worry, Tom. Don't worry, Tom. Like, I, I put my name above Reaper in the animation, so I'm an edgelord with you there. <laughs> and then Diva, I used to play as Diva kind of like a bit as well. But yeah, I would say they were the, the characters that I kind of played with the most. I played with some others, but I was terrible with them. They were the ones where, like, I might actually help my team. Yes. Yeah. Lads, it is time after all that discussion to begin to win down to wind down even I mean wind down is not entirely inaccurate well yes <laughs> yeah, with <go> on. <laughs> a lovely quiz including some brilliant cheesy music on this week's quiz I want to test both of your knowledge on the central figure of this very animated cartoon the Overwatch character Mercy. We'll see how well you do. Let's start off. I'm looking at my screen here. Liam, you're on top of uh, of Tom in my window. So I'll give you the first question. Every Overwatch character has these in-depth backstories about where they came from and whatnot. So Liam, can you tell me where Mercy was born? Just the country is enough. You don't have to give me city. I think it's Switzerland. A point on the board for Liam McEwen. Outstanding. Just for, for pride rather than a bonus point. Do, do you know what's uh, where in Switzerland? Uh, hell no. Like, uh... Is it Bern? It's Zurich. Ah. It's Zurich, Tom. The competition is far from over. Tom, your first question. 
Mercy isn't called Mercy in every country. Can you tell me what she's called in French, Russian and Chinese Mandarin versions of the game? <laughs> and I will say, Mercy is called something... Like, when you hear the name, you'd go, okay. Yeah. So just kind of think about the character, what the character does, what the character looks like, etc., etc. It's not like nurse, is it? Or like medic? I don't know. Like, I mean, that's kind of how she looks to me. Go on, hit me. What is it? I think I think I may know. Could I take a guess? Go on. Angel? Ah. Oh my God, Liam. <laughs> Outstanding work. Yes, it is Angel. I just, thought, I just thought about the idea and I thought like, come on, someone want to get this. Liam, your second question. There are obviously two vocalists in the song, No Mercy. I want to know what is the first line in the song that comes out of Black Griffin's mouth? And I need it word perfect. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, this is the worst team I have ever played for within my life. Oh, so, so close. close. So close. Tom, do you know it? it? I mean, I think it is that line, but it's not within my life, is it? It's this is the worst team I've ever played within my life, right? Yep. Yeah. This is so, so Liam. You said this is the worst team I have ever played with. For you put a four in there, somewhere, within. but there isn't, yeah. yeah. So it's just, yeah. this, this is the worst team I've ever played he, with. You know what? Life. He was actually quite a late addition to the song. There was somebody else doing Black Griffin's vocalist, yeah. It switched everything out about two weeks before release, so yeah, that was a, that was a fun time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom, your second question. I want to know what is the first line in the song that comes out of the other vocalist's mouth, Janie Cakes. So the first line that comes out of her mouth. And again, I need it word perfect. Is it Nerf Bastion? No. No, it's not. Liam. So I'm, ho- I'm hoping this here is a trick question uh, in regards to her, what when she sings. But I'm just going to go with, uh, if you love Mercy so much, why don't you marry her? Oh, again, so close. Oh, it's if you like Mercy so much. Oh, I knew it was, oh, it was between oh. like or love. So, so close. Uh, I think the score is still 1-0, but one final one, and this is the final question I just throw out amongst you and whoever gets it. So, can either of you tell me the age of Mercy? 27. No. I'm going to say... No, I'm thinking she's in her 50s, uh, I believe, but she's actually got some uh, regenerative uh, uh, ability that's keeping her young. Uh, Give me an age, Liam. 50 what? I'm going to say 59. Wow. <laughs> no, she's 37. So oh, the both of you will Way, way okay. off. Tom was closer. Yeah, thank you very much for playing, lads. So that's like half a point, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. It was just about, you know, like a Make kind the scoreline a bit more respectable, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, ex- yeah, congratulations, Liam. And the final part of the show is where I and my lovely guests tell you, the listener, about something we saw on the internet and we quite liked. It can be something from quite recently. It can be from a while ago. There are zero rules. It doesn't have to be about animation. So, Liam, what is something you would like to recommend to the people at home? I'm actually going to plug uh, Flashkit's second channel, Dom and Tom, because they're making a lot of like funny uh, side content based around the AI script generator and just making like <laughs> very funny, hilarious uh, AI parody scripts. Uh, they're just been entertaining so far and. Uh, yeah, I just got to give them a shout out. 
Very good. Uh, Tom, what about you? So I'm going to shout out to a video, uh, a short that I watched a little while ago. It's called Desert Mayhem, Desert Mayhem Overdrive um, on a channel called, I think it's Noah Chiruk. Um, it's like an animated pilot um, for kind of like a, like a kind of like a comedy action series. And man, it is just like such a phenomenal piece of work. I think a lot of the team, if not all of the team, kind of, you know, we're on new grounds. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like a 2D, 3D animated hybrid. And it's kind of like almost like Mad Max in the Wild West. Um, and it's just like such an incredible polished piece of work. Um, the pacing is excellent. Like I really love the animation. Um, it's got some really incredible like visual sequences and kind of use of color and stuff. And uh, yeah, uh, if any of you guys who worked on it, um, hear me talking about it like wow chef's kiss like yeah yeah loved it yeah it's kind of chaotic fun colorful um yeah 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 yeah. music sound voice acting yeah really great piece of work and one thing i was gonna recommend was the podcast your kickstarter sucks which has been going for quite a while now but i came into it in the last two years i think but even at that, it was already up to like episode 200 and something or other, I'm pretty sure. But basically, it is two American, I think their background is they were stand-ups, where every week they go through six different Kickstarters, all that are absolutely rubbish. Typically, either the product is rubbish or the people are rubbish, but something about it is rubbish. And thus, your Kickstarter sucks. And it's such a simple idea, but executed absolutely beautifully it's the type of idea that most of us go ah oh, i wish i'd thought of yeah. that that's phenomenal yeah, it fun it's away. very good yeah, so yeah check that out so yeah again thank you very much lads for going so in depth with me on no mercy it was an absolute pleasure finally and firstly where can people find you on the internet tom if you would like them to to follow you so you can find me on twitter i'm at wimbizzle so that's w-i-m B-I-Z-Z-L-E. And can you please find me and follow me because I'm at my follower limit. Like I can't follow any more people and I really want to follow more people. So please follow me and unlock me from like Twitter jail. And what about you, Liam? Where can people find you on the internet? So I do have a Twitter profile myself, though it's not as uh, heavily way active or anything. But if you ever want to uh, follow me on Twitter, feel free to contact me at uh, Liam2D, capital D for 2D. Yeah, uh, feel free to chat. And I always like to talk to, about animation as well, if anyone is interested. Excellent. And apart from that, make sure you head to youtube.com forward slash mashed to watch the cartoon we've been talking about, No Mercy, and all of the other cartoons and subscribe and then watch all of the cartoons again. And then maybe go to uh, our TikTok or our Snapchat and watch them on there. Yeah. And that just about does it. Thank you very much, dear listener, for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please do subscribe and leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. You can also find us on social media. We are at Rogue Pixels Pod. Get in touch and let us know who you would like to hear on the show. This has been a Spudgun Studios production. I have been Colin Ahern, and I'll see you again next week for another episode of Rogue Pixels. Rogue Pixels.